All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of uh, You Have a Lot of Options. I am your host, Lynn Navratil. As always, hit like and subscribe to You Have a Lot of Options. As always, I will remind you that this is named after something I was told by a girl when I asked her to prom uh, because apparently she had a lot of options. She did go with me, though. She did not dance once with me, though, but she went with me, and I feel like I should earn some style points for that. Uh, this is one of the few times, uh, well, I shouldn't say few times, but this is one of the good times uh, that we have on this podcast where we have a guest on this show that uh, I'm not dating and uh, or is a musician friend of mine. Well, she might be. Uh, who knows? We will get into that. Uh, please help me welcome uh, Monisha, the character Granny B. Williams, uh, to this podcast. <laughs> I like all the names. I like. I don't like the fact that you was like she went with me and didn't dance with me, but that was okay. No, it's not. A, it, I mean, it wasn't okay, but like it. <laughs> okay, the best part about that, like later, was <laughs> so we. I didn't have a car at the time, and I didn't even have a license, so we had to like get picked up by by her parents, who like drove her to an after prom. And then I was just kind of, like, I, I was just in the car with her parents, and her parents were like, so, did you have fun? And I'm just in the back, like, do I snap on their daughter and let them know how big of a hoe their daughter is? Or do I just let it go? And at the time, I just let it go. Uh, and then later on the night, I went to a party, and it was, like, the typical high school party, like, one bottle of, like, Grey Goose vodka for, like, 78 kids. Uh, and I didn't have any of it, but everyone else had a ton. So I'm in the corner, just sober as no other. And everyone else is drunk. Like, hey, let you have fun at prom, you fucking prom guy. And I'm just like, yeah, man, yeah, super swell time. Super swell times at prom. And then later, uh, I was taking care of my drunk friends. And their mom, one of the moms, was driving us home, and I've just been quiet. Like, I haven't really said anything. And one person's date just looks at me and goes, Lynn, are you doing okay? And I just lost it. I was like, so-and-so is a cunt. I don't like her. I hate her. And I feel so bad for this mom. Because she was so unprepared. She swerved. Like, she swerved. She was just like, oh, we don't say that word in this car, mister. And I'm just like, you're... Your fucking kids throwing up out of the window. I can say what I want. You know, we have been going for like two minutes and I've done all the talking. Hey, Mo. Prom seems like a disaster. Did you not go to prom? I did not. Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm listening to you and I'm happy I dodged that bullet. I did not go to prom. I had fun at school dances. We'll get into that at a separate time when I'm not interviewing, like, you. And uh, it can just be, like, a me episode. Because that's those are a lot of me stories. I want to hear about you stories, Mo. I want to hear about stories that are exclusively you. Well, not just exclusively you, but, like, have, like, you as the main character in most of them. Protagonist, antagonist, uh, plucky sidekick, uh, whichever or you feel most comfortable with. Now, uh, someone I asked you, uh, that I've been trying to ask all of my guests that I've had on this show, all two of them, uh, <laughs> it, it, like, what is something that either A, you don't feel like you get to talk about enough, or B, something that you're not asked that often about? I don't know, man. Uh, talking, it... People won't get this, but talking is my strong suit. Like, I love comedy and writing jokes, but uh, unless you know me on a personal level, I really don't talk. Yeah. Because it's, uh, once people get to know me, they go, oh my God, you're a fucking dick. And I'm like, ah, I didn't want you to know that. <laughs> like, I, I tried not to talk around you. But then you kept coming around. <laughs> I couldn't I, shake I, you. I, I tried to keep you away. I warned you. I sent signs. I wrote postcards. I let you know. I sent telegraph pigeons. Uh, <laughs> I tried to give you character, but you wanted my nation. And I, I asked you not to want that. <laughs> now, is there... Do you feel like there... 
So to give some backstory on some people that may, like, from what I've seen over the years, how long have you been in the Casey comedy scene? Six years. Okay. And how long have you been doing comedy overall? Six years. Okay, cool. Well, that's easy. Well, once uh, I started here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was... Are you KC native? Like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, born and raised here. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Other fucking... The only other two guests I've had on this podcast have been, like, people I've either, A, known my whole, whole life, or B, I'm going to marry in less than eight months. So, like, we're... Like, for the people listening, this is a get to... These are supposed to be... Get to know you sessions, but we'll get into some of the other guests that we're gonna have on later. But uh, so, how old are you? Was twenty eight. You're uh, twenty eight. Okay. Yeah, if I wouldn't have smoked right beforehand, you probably would have got me saying twenty seven. But I'm twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like it, but I'm twenty eight. Okay. okay, cool. There's not that much of an age difference. I'm twenty five. Uh, what? You're young, man. That's a, can I can I get you, you? Can we swap ages? Can I get you youth? That I mean, I don't even think it's youth. I think it's plucky optimism. Can I get that, <laughs> bro? It's not that hard. I feel like with my <laughs> with my plucky optimism, it's more or less me being dumb because I won't recognize like bad situations. Until, like, the last second. I I think about this story a lot. Of, like, God, I didn't want to be the one talking. Okay, but uh, I remember driving to Warrensburg, Missouri, and I had to take, like, an exit, like, across a bridge to get to, like, another exit. And I remember I'd been driving for a while, and at the time I wasn't good at, like, early mornings. So I fell asleep at the wheel for... Maybe, like, a couple seconds. Enough to where, like, there was a truck coming at me maybe less than 100 feet away. And I just kind of swerved at the last second. And any normal person would have been like, oh, my God, I need to, like, call someone or go home. But me, I was just like, oh, that could that could have oh, been bad. And that's just how I react to situations in general in my life. I love Warrensburg, man. <laughs> when I make enough money, that's right. I'm going back. <laughs> Just gonna live there, man. But the get the know you sessions, like, do you? So you've been in comedy for six years. I, I mean, I'm sorry, seven. Okay, because I had to look. But I've been married for seven years. I've been doing comedy for seven years. Okay, cool. cool. That's always how I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you remember seven years? I do that. I associate dates with like other significant events too. But like, do you? <laughs> like the <laughs> like the only reason I know the only the main reason I remember Sierra and I's anniversary is like oh that's when Infinity War came out because <laughs> we went to go see it on like the day of uh, but do you do you think do you think you got in why did you get in the comedy is what I was going to get to uh, I don't know I, I I didn't plan on getting into comedy. I planned on just watching an open mic. Uh, and then from watching the open mic, halfway through the open mic, I was like, man, how do you get up there and try to do this same thing they doing? And he was like, just go back there and put your name on the list. And I went back there and was like, where I put my name? He was like, you're going to go like dead last because you've been here. I've been watching. You've been here all night. And now you choose to sign up, you're going to be like dead last. I was like, man, that don't matter. So I went up uh, second to last, and it was fun. Mm. Where'd you go up at? Uh, the Uptown Arts Bar. Oh, rest in peace. Uh, pour one out for the the homies at Arts Bar. There aren't any more because it's closed, but <laughs> there were some at that point. But who was host at the time? Norm? Norm. Yeah, okay. Norm ah, Norm. <laughs> yeah. uh, rest in peace, Norm. He's not dead, but I... I haven't seen him in like years. I, I st we still keep in touch, man. Uh, Norm was uh, great at telling me where I fit in. Because uh, he would always put me at the end. And I would go, why am I always at the end? And uh, it's because I sucked. I got laughs. You know, don't get me wrong. And uh, that may have blew my head up a little bit. Because I worked a regular job. So Mondays were my days off. And I knew I was going to the Uptown Arts Bar. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did my first set, and till that next Monday, you couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> like, that's how I lived. Monday to Monday, you couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> I, uh, 
But I understood why I went last after that, a while. Yeah, that explains a lot, actually. So, you would do weekly ones, even though, like, because you started in seven years, was it 2014 or 2013 at the time? 2014. Okay, so you and I kind of started around the same point. I had to take, I was in school at the time, so I would, like, barely come out. Like, I would come out, maybe, again, like, like you, maybe once a week, arts bar, Stanford's uh, fucking Red Front, kind of whatever was open at the time, hideout. So, with that, did, was it just an availability thing that you couldn't come out, or was it like, man, I'm fucking hot shit at Arts Bar. What else do I need? Uh, well, like I, I came up on Arts Bar by chance. I just happened to Google open mics in my area because I wanted to do an open mic for singing, and they had it all. So I wanted to check out the venue the night before. So that's how I ended up stumbling on comedy. So mm-hmm. from there, I never asked anybody, hey, man, is this the other only open mic? I never Googled another open mic. I was like, it's close. Mm-hmm. It was three minutes from my house. I'm like, oh, that's the only place I need to go. I didn't take it serious. It was just something I wanted to do. Okay. So I didn't know of any other open mics. So for the first, that's why I say for the first year and a half of my career doesn't count because I only did the arts bar. Mm. Until somebody was like, you know about the Kansas City Comedians group? And I was like, I don't know nothing about it. And they was like, I'm going to let you in. Because it's other open mics. I was like, it's other open mics? I thought, <laughs> I've been doing this shit for a year, man. I've been killing this club. I thought this was it. But I grew up shielded. So, you know, my if you if growing up, you couldn't tell me Method Man and Red Man weren't comics. Uh, cause how how was fucking funny, okay? <laughs> My mom wasn't a popping in stand up tapes like watch this. Uh, I still I still laugh at I still laugh at the idea of just pouring your homie into weed and, and just smoking. See, I wa- I didn't try that with my grandma, but I. Once you got her ashes, it was definitely a thought. Like, do I smoke, Grandma? Yeah, I was just like, I mean, if I'm going to do it for the first time, then this feels like the right time. Um, but with... So, there, there's so many, like, angle, angles and questions I have for it. So for the first year, did Because for the people that don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, you out of everybody, have had probably... A, to me, at least, a bigger growth in the past, like, seven, six years out of most people. It feels about right. Because when I first saw you, you were strictly just the Granny B character. And you would maybe do, like, other characters every once in a while. But Granny B was the one that kind of kept popping up at open mics. And I would be like, who is that? And everyone would be like, well, that's, that's Granny B. I'm like... Is that, like, actually a granny or, like, what's going on with it? But then, like, gradually, I say probably within the past, like, three years, you start doing, going up as as the character, as Monisha Williams. Do you differentiate? What did you start as? Like, did you start coming out as Granny B? I came out as Monisha Williams. No, I came... <laughs> uh, I came out as a uh, Mo Willie Queen of the Get Silly. I don't know where the fuck this came from, people. That was your little Kevin the Bastard moment. <laughs> I, I don't know where the fuck this came from, people. I was a comedian one day a week, okay? That's all that fucking a... mattered to me. Mo Willie Queen of the Get Silly is who I came out as. This is Mo Willie Queen the Gets. That's going to get silly. And I'm going to for a year. And I understand now why I was at the end. Because Norm just didn't want to say that shit in a packed house. There's <laughs> no way I'm calling you that shit. And wait till three people are left. Then I'll say that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no. Uh, and then a year later, I lost uh, the original Granny B in my life. And I was just sitting mm-hmm. on the stoop. And it was a Monday and I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to talk about tonight. And it was this lady, and she was like, you've been, like, going through a lot. She was like, I think maybe you should, you know, try to replicate Granny B. Mm. And I was like, man, I wouldn't know. And we sat there, and we talked for a while. And then an hour later, I went in the house. I found a, one of my wife's wigs. I found one of her dresses. I found some Not stuff. one of your wife's wigs. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, the lady was like, I think the church across the street got this clothing closet ha- cl- closet happening right now. And I was like, all right, I'll go over there and see what I can grab. I found some shoes. Uh, so from there, I had an outfit. I didn't have a cane, so I wrapped up a metal bat in like a curtain. Yeah, that's that's pretty much a cane. <laughs> <laughs> wrapped it up in a curtain, and uh, for three hours before the mic, I walked around my house and I just talked in the voice, and I just was, and I wrote a whole bunch of stuff down. But when I got there, I didn't use any of it. My mm-hmm. mom was just like talking on its own, and for still now, I don't write for Granny B. For some reason, I just feel like when I touch the mic and she up there, she'll figure it out. I was going to say, because, and again, if I overstep a bounds, like, let me know. But, like, when you would come, especially early on, like, when you would come to Arts Bar as Granny B, it wasn't like... Hey guys, I'm in a wig and a dress. Isn't this silly? It's like, how you doing, children? How you doing? How you doing? And that would be nonstop for six hours. And it was like, if you had done the character study of it, it would be like she's the Daniel Day Lewis of of Kansas City comedy. Like, whether you love it or hate it, she's in character this entire time. Like, I'll give her credit for that. Is there a reason that you, like, did you just do it to help your mindset or do you feel like like why'd you do it essentially it was like i said i don't write i don't plan anything when i go out when people ask for granny b i just write it down in the calendar i put the wig on two hours ahead of time and i let it do whatever it's gonna do uh it sounds crazy it is crazy but i never have a plan i don't think it's crazy i I feel like this is like your way of keeping the actual granny i just i just alive uh in this moment like uh what would she say Mm -hmm. and she had to be one of the most outspoken people i've ever met in my life Uh, what was the wildest thing she ever said oh jesus we uh the bet the I always tell people when I met Granny, she had one leg. But I heard when she was on two legs, she was a problem. Uh, she was my best friend's grandmother. She had cancers, and uh, she lost one of her legs to cancer. So by the time I met her, she had one leg. Uh, but you couldn't tell her she didn't have both of them. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that like you couldn't tell her that she didn't have both of them. Just means that like she. <laughs> she's just in denial. <laughs> she's just like, I have two legs, baby. I don't care. She didn't play. She didn't like. <laughs> I remember we. It came a time we all moved into this house. We all pay rent, and uh, it was one morning. Everybody we partied too hard the night before, so we all woke up late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were like, oh, we'll just pair when we get up. And uh, no, nah, she was at the door, ten o'clock in the morning. She got up the stairs. Her wheelchair was at the bottom. She had made it to the stairs. She was knocking on the door. Come on, house. Come on, house. You bitches know what time it is. Y'all in this motherfucker sleep now. Come on, rent time, bitches. It's rent time, bitches. And. <laughs> All you hoes do is party and sleep. It's rent time, bitches. And I I was just like, this lady. I looked at my wife and was like, this lady is insane. Then we opened up the door. She just sitting there on the floor. Write me my money. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter, man. Everybody paid. She didn't give a damn. She kicked everybody out. You didn't pay. Grandchildren, nine grandchildren. She didn't. It didn't matter, man. She would kick you the fuck out. She's the fucking Terminator of landlords. Like, you only have one... What do I have to do to make you stop? I'm like, lady, rent ain't number 250 for everybody. We not going nowhere. <laughs> like, rent is cheap here. We love it here. Like, everybody's gonna pay you. We just want to sleep. We got fucked up last night. Okay, you should have paid me for you fell asleep. <laughs> you sleep. So... I don't want to say you have ownership of the wig because it is your wife's, but does she still wear it? Like, just out? Uh, we, it is a, we, I have had so many wigs since then. The original wig was a, a wig my wife made, and then, uh, I went out and I bought a wig. Mm. And then, uh, I don't know what happened to that wig. I 
had a show one day, looked around, couldn't find that wig. I panicked, called my wife's grandmother. My wife's grandmother said, yeah, I got a wig. Come get it. And that's the wig I rock with now. So we on wig number three. I, I love that so much. I remember after... Not the most recent Super Bowl, but like t- like four years ago, there was a story of like somebody stole Tom Brady's like jersey. Like after, like somebody stole Granny B's. Like I got the Super Bowl wig. I'm convinced of it because I still haven't found that wig, man. I'm convinced somebody stole that wig. I still haven't found it. But my wife's grandmother loves Granny. I was panicking. She knew I had to go to a show. She said, I got a wig. Come get it. So we on wig number three. Listen, if there are wig thieves out there, stop it. Those things are expensive. They take a lot of care, and they take a lot of time to make if you make them yourself. And you know it takes a lot of time to make when I, a straight, cis, white man, am saying they take a lot of time to make. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe it was that somebody didn't like the character. They was like, if I steal the wig, it's over. <laughs> but there are beauty supply stores, I, bitches. I have to stop that right now. <laughs> as long as there's a beauty supply store, Granny will be around. Uh, I will even dye my fucking hair gray. Don't test me. I, I'm not going to. <laughs> so, my big question... So, you did Granny B for a while. Like, a pr- it's... How long... How long... I know you still do it, but how long was it, like, your main? Uh, she was never my main. Uh, she just outshined me, hmm. uh, unfortunately. I did... Because, like I said, I did comedy for a whole year before I did Granny. And nobody hmm. gave a damn about me, Lynn. I did Granny B at the open mic, and that same night at the open mic, three promoters came up to me and asked to book me on a showcase. I said, what the fuck is a showcase? And where is it going to be? One was at the Uptown Arts Bar, one was uh, at the Juke House, and one was... I can't remember where the third one was, but it was not a pretty location. Uh, That's probably why I want to block it out. (laughs) But from there, I got three gigs, and... Only people, only per- people wanted to see Granny, mm. and I took that. Af- I I took it to heart. I was like, "Why the fuck can't I get work? Uh, why do I only get paid as Granny?" Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started making other characters, and then I met a nice promoter here. Well, he isn't a promoter anymore. Sometimes he is. Anyway, he was a good promoter, and I met him. And he was like, "Do you do any other characters?" Basically, like shitting on my Granny character. So I'm like, mm. yeah, I do a character called Ranger Ricky. Uh, he's a hood rat hunter. Uh, and as I was making it up, mm-hmm. I didn't know. You know, I told him, yeah, I could do, I could make up, for, I could do four, you know, right now. You know, and he was like, good, I'm going to give you a showcase this weekend. Just bring as many characters as you can bring. And you can just flop out, introduce uh, comics. And as you introduce these comics, just come out as a different character. So that night I did nine characters. That sounds like a lot. Like, not like just a lot for everybody involved in this situation. It was a lot of costume changes. <laughs> uh, but it was a fucking, phen- it, it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal time. And from then, I want to start saying that's kind of where people gave a damn. And mm-hmm. I started getting booked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still wasn't as me. So when did you switch? Because you'll still do the Granny B's Many Men shows, but you're just kind of in the background for it. When did you decide I'm either going to be known as the character or Monisha Williams? Because you go up as both. I want to say I didn't decide that. I just, I kind of got jealous of Granny, if that makes sense. It's, mm. it's it's scary. It's crazy. But I got jealous. Why does this bitch get out of work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been doing this longer than her. I'm funny. Uh, so I sat down and I started writing. Uh, I mean, I started thinking maybe people would write. Maybe I should write. Because I didn't write. I didn't give a damn about it. Was, it was definitely the people. I hate to be like, it was definitely, the, I hate to be the person that's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you talented on your own. You don't need to listen to them. Like, no, like, listen I, to them. <laughs> as, as I said, 
I worked a full-time job. I had just got married. I didn't give a... I, I wasn't going to leave my stability uh, to go do comedy. So I only had Mondays. So to write for one day was crazy to me. Uh-huh. But then I was like, all right, you don't do anything on Monday. So if you show up to the club two hours early, drink a few sodas or whatever, you could hammer out sets. Okay. You can write them and then you can go perform them. So like every Monday after, for the second year of my career, I went, I wrote at five minute sets every night and then I would go perform. I would only write on Mondays. And then how were the sets? Because in my head, like it's a lot harder to write before a mic like like literally right before a mic and then go do it and then expect essentially good results like how are the sets the sets were good uh because like i said i only wrote on mondays i knew that i would just write down little tid notes throughout the week mm-hmm. throw them in my bag i would take them up to the arts bar and pull them out and then i would start writing so it wasn't just like I would, I had thought about these ideas all week. Now I'm just putting them together to go up. Mm-hmm. So it was it was much easier for me that way because I knew exactly where I was going and I had just wrote it so it's fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and it was crazy because I didn't even, after I wrote it, I knew it like muscle memory. I didn't even have to use the paper to go up there and do it because I had just wrote it. Mm. So I began to get better and that's when I started moving up on the lineup, I was I noticed that he would put me up before the whole room cleared, uh-huh. and I started getting excited. I'm like, okay, I'm getting seen now. And then Norm went away. Yeah, I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I worked so hard. <laughs> I worked so hard to be booked at this bar that doesn't open till six thirty. <laughs> because that was my like whole thing. Because that feels like the whole thing when like. Because it's the stereotype of like, oh, I'm at an open mic. I can do that. And then you do that. And then you're like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to just keep going right here. It's a little alien to me because I've wanted to be a comedian since I was five. And I've always had these like ambitions and granular and just grand ideas of like where to go. But when did you start getting like more ambitious of like, you know what, I can be more than this. Uh, I won't be honest with you. It wasn't until I was after I told my grandma. So oh. I was scared. Uh, I was never supposed to be doing comedy. And what were you supposed to be doing? Supposed to be taking it serious. I was supposed to be a musician. Uh, for like you said, when you were five, you thought you were going to be a comic. When I was five, you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be the biggest musician to ever live because my grandma instilled that in me so when mm-hmm. she finally when i finally told her matter of fact she told me she said, i saw a little clip of you doing uh comedy she's like it wasn't that bad but uh <clears throat> I, what are you doing uh no th- this is not i'm not accepting this i was like huh and she was like no I'm not <laughs> accepting this. And she was like no I, I didn't i didn't raise you to be no comic <laughs> <laughs> First of all, my mother raised me, lady. Listen, that's wild. I, I love my grandma, but she's she has her heart set on what she's gonna be, what her heart is set on. That's so wild to be like, baby. If you wanna be a rapper, you go right ahead. Granny, I'm telling jokes. Oh Lord, we failed. We failed so hard. If I told my mother, my grandma, that I wanted to be a rapper, she'd probably go jump somewhere. Uh, she, I was supposed to be a singer, man, and just like her, she sung her ass off for she every week. Mm. She made sure I sung my ass off. They paid for lessons that I don't use today. Okay, now that uh, now that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> She doesn't understand that night when I did comedy, there was no pressure. Mm. Singing has always been pressure. You know, you go to the lessons, you do what they tell you to do. You don't miss notes. You do exactly as you're told the whole time. Uh, But with comedy, I get to use what my dad said. You know, Mm. you get freedom of speech. You know, my dad was less strict than than my mom and my grandma. They kept me on the schedule. Mm. My dad didn't give a damn. 
I don't give a damn if you eat out the trash. This is my weekend. We go have some fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck that singing shit. I know what your grandma said to you, but you ain't got to do that shit if you don't want to. Um, so, yeah. The stage gives me a chance to be my dad. <laughs> singing gives me a chance to be structured. Yeah. I like that. So, I don't know if you listened to the Isai episode... But he came on and he was talking about how his parents, like, they live this, like, amazing immigrant life and how they just built up their entire careers just by working, like, taco trucks, like, work, buying a tortilla factory, like, owning a Mexican restaurant. Like, it felt, like, very, like, movie-ish, but, like, they got him a college fund and he was almost a year from graduating and then he was just like, I can't, like, I can't do it. And to me, it felt like there was a lot of pressure, like, that he felt a lot of pressure to finish, but his family was supportive. Now, with you, do you felt like, do you feel like you were, like, they were, do you feel like they were, like, your grandma and your mom were either pushing you towards their dreams and you felt like almost like an investment of, like, okay, we couldn't do it, but if we put money into her... Like, she'll be able to do it for us, and we'll be able to see her achieve a dream. And then when you found something that was like, this is what I want to do, they, like, they realized it was gone. Yeah, uh, kind of, because I used to hear the word potential a lot as a kid. <laughs> you got the potential to be whatever you want to be. Musically. Listen. <laughs> I don't know why potential is such a... It's not a funny word, but it's very much just like... It can almost be condescending. Like, in with every way that you use it, like, you get done doing something, like, you get, get off at an open mic and you go to, like, a more experienced comment, like, hey, how is that? And they're just like, you know, you got a lot of potential. Like, that's just how they work. If you take this shit, if you stop bullshitting, and stop playing with the, the, the runs and shit, the lady told me you did them early, and now you want to play for me, you got potential to be whatever you want to be, musically. <laughs> <laughs> she always throw that musically shit in there. Uh, but now it's just like, ah, oh, you, you're a comic. You're all right. You're all right. Your life's going to be what your life's going to be. Looking <laughs> like the potential's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's potential's gone. I'm like, what about the potential to be anything I want to be comically? Wait. (laughs) But I will say, like, compared to, like, others, and I hate doing the, like, comparison because, like, you can only grow as much as you grow. You can't grow as much as, like, someone else grows, like, the rate that they're going. But, like, you've had, like, some success in the, like, Kansas City scene, and you've traveled... I don't want to say all across the Midwest because I don't know where you've got. I know here and Little Rock. Those are the two. But you've opened, like, you've hosted at the comedy club. You've hosted for the improv. Like, fucking tell us, like, some of the success. Stunt for a little bit. For for you guys, the success. Uh, It's fun, though. Uh, uh, I met a lot of celebrities when I was younger. So, like, Meeting these celebrities now, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, these people are regular people. Like, we know that, right? Uh. <laughs> I remember being, no, I, I know, I get what you mean. I don't like concern meeting celebrities as a success, but like opening up at like clubs and getting regularly booked and putting on your own shows at these clubs, like that's, it's not, like, it's taken me a while to like get where I'm at, but like, I remember we were on a showcase at the Rhino and Scarborough, Aaron Scarborough introduced you in like the middle of the lineup as the best comic in Kansas City. And then you murdered it and then everyone else was like kind of eh, like to you. And one of one of the co- the headliner was the headliner was good, but one of the comics after you specifically was like, why the fuck would you introduce her as the best comic in Kansas City? I still get uh, shit about that. Every time I'm going on stage, they mo, leave something for the rest of us, will you? I'm like, uh, I don't, that's not the, the plan is not to fucking kill all the time. It just happens. To, it should be. It just happens to happen, people. I don't do it to be an asshole. It uh, sh- <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, now you're like doing it a little much. Of like, <laughs> I told you to be like confident and like stunt a little bit. Now, like, listen, every time I fucking kill, uh, I'm sorry, you bitch ass little pussies. Uh, let me just say that uh, you guys can kill at the Uptown Arts Bar sometimes, but. <laughs> Now, 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 when I'm going up before you, okay? See, Lynn, this is why I said I don't talk to people because by the end you're like, she's a dick. But no, <laughs> I don't think you're being. A dick. I think you're being honest about how like conversations with like, because there are. I mean, there are just some comics that like, if you set up the room wrong, then they're not gonna do well. But that's not on you. That's on them. Like when I watch, like when I will watch, like a Steven Taylor, a you, an Aaron Scarborough, a Ryan Tricky, or like people that I genuinely love and I respect, and they fucking kill. <laughs> I'm like, man, I wanna, <laughs> I wanna do that. I wanna get better. I wanna get so much better and just like do that consistently. Mitch Harmon had a set at the comedy club maybe two weeks ago where he literally just was yelling at the crowd, you're gay, you're gay, you're, and he fucking killed, and I was watching that like, man, that looks like so much fun sometimes. <laughs> I look at stuff like that and say that too. That looks like fucking fun, man. If I say half the shit I really want to say, I don't think people would like me as a comic. I'm slowly working it in, though. Um, I say a lot of stuff that uh, doesn't ruffle feathers. That's what I try to do. And stuff that does ruffle feathers, I try not to use that material as much. Well, do you feel like that's out of necess necessity? Or do you feel like that's what you want to do? Because I I mean, I've spent some of this time working on bits that I've had for a while. And I'm like, okay, this might ruffle some fe feathers, but I want to be able to tell these kind of jokes. I only want to tell those jokes because my friends tell me I should. Uh, mm. I don't, however, feel like I'm the one to ruffle feathers. Uh, because once, I, I feel like once my grandmother accepts that I'm a comic, she'll want me to be the kind of comic. Uh, she'll expect me to live up to the, the same level of musicianship. You know, mm. people, everybody should like you. Everybody should be able to listen to you and not, you know, and have a hit they like, if that makes sense. Just like that makes sense. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking in my head. Crossover, you know. I know. I In my head, I'm like, not everyone likes every single band. And then I'm like, you know what? Rockstar from Nickelback's pretty good. And I love all of Nickelback. You uh, want to be a crossover artist. You want to be a Bruno Mars. You want to, you know, something people enjoy, you know, when yeah. it comes. Like Uptown Funk. You know, you might not, but you like the way Pharrell Williams, Happy. You like the song, way the song makes you feel. Everybody likes that song. It makes you feel a certain way, and then the song goes off. Yeah. And then some bullshit comes on. You always want to be the hit that everybody enjoys. But who are, like, your influences that you're like, I want to be like them? Because, like, yeah, who are your influences? Because I'll fucking talk forever. I love Dave Chappelle, man. Uh, I want to be, oh, Jesus. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik is fun. Mm -hmm. I like I like the darker stuff. For, mm. for me, I won't tell those jokes, but I like I love the darker stuff. Mm. I write darker stuff that I don't use, uh, but I, I'm a fan of the darker stuff. But uh, if we have to talk, if we just talking influences, I like uh, I don't know, man. It's hard. What we doing, musicians or comedians? Is that <laughs> I know? Yeah, like, well, I mean. Who, I don't I, know much about comedy, man. Like, I didn't know... Like, of all the people, I thought you would be, like... I don't want to say I'm, like, disappointed, but I'm very surprised at, like, some of this. Because I definitely thought it was, like... It was going to be closer to, like, a me. Of, like, man, I, I popped out the womb with a mic and started using my umbilical cord. As, like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom was... Uh, we... We grew up. My mom was a very religious woman. Even though we didn't, we we didn't go to church every Sunday. We lived by a particular set of rules. 
Uh-huh. We didn't, uh, like I said, my dad was different. You know, he taught me freedom of speech. So I would go to my dad's house and cuss like a sailor and come uh-huh. home and know nah, I couldn't do none of that. Uh-huh. Like, uh, my mom would take movies. She would watch movies. She would buy movies. We would go out. She would pick movies. We would pick movies. She would watch them first. And then if she didn't approve of the content, they never made it to us. Mm-hmm. We would have to go later when she went to work, steal those movies out of her room, watch okay. them, and go, oh, how high is funny. Like, these are comics. Like, <laughs> But I didn't know who... People would always talk about Richard Pryor. I didn't know who Richard Pryor was until I started doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. I didn't... Tyler Perry was comedy. Mm, uh, okay. So I mean that was comedy for a lot of folks. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't stand up. It's, it's yeah. not stand up at all. And stand up is completely different. But yeah, that's what comedy was in my household. We didn't grow up like that. Mm-hmm. My mom didn't allow it. So So do you do you feel like you're still just so gaining immersed in the stand-up world, which I feel like I'm always, I feel like I'm getting immersed in it most of the time because there'll be, like, I'll know the big names, I'll know some of the medium names, and then, like, the smaller names that, like, people are like, oh, they're the best Denver touring, touring comic. I'm like, how the fuck do, where, what the fuck, like, how do, what do you do with your day? How do you, like, find these guys? And they're good. They're fucking great comics. But do you feel like, because you're still getting immersed in this, that you feel almost like obligated to not do the kind of jokes that you really, really love. Like not saying that you don't love the jokes that you have, that the jokes that you have aren't funny, but you have jokes that you love to listen to and that you would love to do in front of people, but you feel like you're still getting immersed in finding a way to tell them. Definitely. Uh, like, I tell people, 90% of my set is fabricated. Now. I would like to roll out and put some truth in there. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. Uh. <laughs> I mean, like, the fucking... I've never watched your set and be like, that's fucking fake. No one smokes rocks. That's fucking fake. Because <laughs> it's written so good. Uh, it is, and it's rehearsed well. But... I would like to roll out and put some truth in there because I know uh, my sister kind of gets fed up. Like, sometime I'll have her come out to the show and they be like, uh. <laughs> She'll be like, I don't smoke rocks. What the fuck is this? David Scott does it a lot. He's like, how, 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 how are the kids? How's your sister? And I'm like, I gotta quit telling that fucking joke, man. She's not on crack. <laughs> and if she heard you, she, if she heard you ask that shit, she'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's oh my god. Howard, that's so funny. How are the kids? Like, dude, God, not a, God, not a fucking crack. It's, it's a good story though. It's a very good story. She hates the story, but it's a great story. God, that's David Scott's such an angel. I love that man so much. I I'm sure he's listening to this. And David Scott, please know that you are the angel of love, Kansas City comedy. Love, he is, man. Uh, some sometimes I do shows, and I didn't even know David was there. And he'll send me some of the best tags, and I'll go, "Oh man, I forgot about that. I forgot about that." And then I'll go back and I'll write the joke down because it's not a jo- it's a riff I did on stage. And he caught it, and I didn't. And I'll go back and write it out. So uh, I definitely appreciate David Scott, man. He's been awesome in my career. David Scott's a hero. I'll tell you something off mic just because I don't feel comfortable telling. It's technically his story, so I don't feel telling it, like, in front of, like, everybody. But I'm going to tell you off off this. Um, Okay, so... And don't... I hate, like, giving advice when it's not warranted, but I will say that, like... The first comic you mentioned was Chappelle of, like, that's one of the bigger influences. And I feel like you don't need to... <laughs> I hate to use the word pussyfoot, but that feels like the right word for this. I feel like you don't need to pussyfoot around with this. And just do jokes that you think do, do well in front of people. 
I mean, Chappelle had a bit in a special in two specials ago where he <laughs> talked, where he was like giving the idea of a superhero that gets his powers from raping a woman and he rapes but he saves that's a fucking dark joke bro but and if he can do that with the with what you were writing about a fake sister that does crack and has her kids taken away from her that's pretty dark and if you take the time to just write out what you want to say and find a way to mold it into how to say it i feel like you can get away with jokes that you want to do like, do you, like, what's your take on that? I want to be, I want to be likable for now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to trick them into liking me first, and then I want them to. Get you can. Me. I want them to marry into the fan base, and then I want to fuck you. You can marry. You, know? you can marry them into the fan base. You hit them with a. Dude, I've been doing this bit for a little bit where I talk about I like there I'm working on this bit right now I don't even I'll tell you about it afterwards but it's like talking about how like how many abortions is okay you know what I mean like how like how many can you get away with but but like I won't I mean I'm not gonna start out with that I'm gonna start out with the hey guys I'm getting married who's happy for me and then hit them with like some more darker stuff so that way you disarm them and they're willing to accept what, like, you're uh, wanting to say. They understand your perspective, your way of thinking. And if you take the time to, like, write that out in a way that you're, a- that you're able to portray it, I feel like you can get away with it. See, I don't want to have to disarm people. I don't disarm my mom when I walk up and say some fucked up shit to my mom. My mom has no idea what's about to happen. But well, your mom's not in the show! Yeah, she's on the floor. Like, uh, then my wife, like, I... I want to be able to just be who I am naturally on stage, just an asshole. But I don't want to be an asshole because we live in a society where being an asshole isn't acceptable. It's pretty acceptable. If you disarm, I swear to God, dude, if you disarm the audience, they will accept it. If you're just like, hey, this is me. Okay, you guys accept me? Nah, let's talk about the abortions. Come on, let's talk about them. Let me know. <laughs> nah, for the sake of my grandmother, I might just gonna stick to playing the hits. <laughs> All right, um, we're, I'm gonna start winding this down. Uh, is, what is the one thing that, who, okay, Again, there's no structure to this. I'm trying to be better about this. Okay, so what I want to start doing now is who is call-outs. And what I mean by call-outs is that this is the part of the show where you say, hey, I had fun. Wait, did you have fun? Yeah, I had fun. Okay, cool. Thank God. That takes care of the next part of like, did you have fun? Um, No one said no yet, which makes me feel nice, but... Who is somebody that you think would be fun for me to talk to, to have on this podcast, uh, to hear their perspective of what they're doing in life, how their career's going as an entertainer, a performer, like anybody that you know? Uh, my favorite pro- person to talk to is Tafu. Uh, Tafu is hilarious to me, man. Uh, he gives a I don't give a shit perspective to comedy. Uh, and it's and it's nice and it's kind of I I see over years that how it's helping me just throw darker jokes in there slowly. Yeah, Ty uh, does not give a shit. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't think I could say that. Ty be like, listen here, you can say anything if you high enough. Hit this damn weed. <laughs> That's that is Ty's motto of you can say anything if you're high enough. Okay. Taifu, you heard her. If you're listening, hit me up. I I want to schedule a time to talk with you. Uh, but, okay. And then the next part is one of my favorites. Uh, what do you have upcoming? Like shows to where we can see you, dates, times? I probably should get better at this. But uh, the one I'm most excited about is uh, on the 19th of February, we're going to Greeley, Colorado to perform at the Millennium Event Center. Um, that's going to be amazing. Jeff Krakenberg and myself will be going up uh, to represent for Kansas City and Colorado. 
Um, after that, I have a showcase at Legends Comedy Club on February 28th. March the 6th, we kick off the tour at uh, Teehees in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, you can check all this stuff out on uh, the Dumb Skits page, Talk That Dumb Skits, or follow me on Monisha Williams Comedy. It's also posted there. Bro, I'm going to spell Nonisha Williams in the, like, ad for this. And I will spell spell out dumb skits, but you spe- – this is my biggest pet peeve on podcasts. Like, you talk so fast. Tell, how do you spell your name and how do you spell your website? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I got that problem, man. I talk real fast. Uh, my family is Southern, so uh, my name is M-O-N-E-I-S-H-A Williams Comedy on Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok is book MMW Comedy, uh, Dumb Skits, D-U-M-S-K-T-I-Z. Uh, yeah, pretty much. All right, cool. Uh, and upcoming shows for me, I've got uh, Legends Comedy Club, February 19th and 20th. Uh, no, not 19th. Fucking February 12th and... And 13th. Fuck me. God damn it. I cannot remember dates at this point. Okay, February 12th, 7, and I believe 9.30, and uh, February 13th, 7, and 9.30 as well. Uh, Bobby B is going to be out there. Uh, I'll be hosting. Uh, there's going to be someone in the middle. I don't know who, but I guarantee you they're going to be fucking dope. You a hot commodity for that weekend, man. <laughs> you a hot commodity for that weekend. I know. So, I, uh, that was fun. Yeah. But um, And then upcoming shows that we've got for the podcast. Next week, I've got my friend Logan Mercer, who is going to be talking. We're Dude, like... I, I've shown a little bit of my nerdum these past couple of shows, but bro, we're about to get fucking nerdy. This dude spent so much money on Pokemon cards this weekend, like just hoping to like make money. Uh, and then after that, I got my friend Rusedale Dexter Axonville, uh, also just known as Dexter Axonville. Uh, the week after that, we got Kaylee Carr. The week after that, we got Brittany Tylander. And the week after that, we've got, I can't say his favorite musical comic, uh, fucking uh phil god damn it why can't i phil morris phil morris uh coming up so stick around we're gonna have great shows coming up uh thank you again uh i am lynn navertel i'm anisha williams uh and this has been you have a lot of options uh with us (laughs) thank you guys have a great day thank you for listening bye